Welcome back to Weber County's Greatest Generation. This is Kim, and happy 4th of July. It's a little bit crazy out there with everything going on, but it's not as crazy as it might have been in 1942. So 80 years ago today, on July 4th of 1942, the war is only seven months old. The U.S. is gearing up production to make sure that planes, ships, ammunition, all of the production is going to be multiplied tenfold. Um, we haven't had to deal with too many shortages yet, although sugar is rationed and you cannot get a tire for a civilian. There's rumors that gas is going to be rationed soon, and we've been collecting rubber and uh, cooking oil and a number of other things. So an Associated Press article reported that President Roosevelt said for us to dedicate the day to the whirring factory wheels and busy assembly lines, lest a single hour be wasted or a single shot withheld. He said, on the desert sands of Africa, along the thousands miles of battle lines in Russia, in New Zealand and Australia, the islands of the Pacific, in war-torn China and all over the seven seas, free men are fighting desperately. They are dying to preserve the liberties and decencies of modern civilizations. Never since it was first created in Philadelphia has the anniversary come in times so dangerous to everything for which it stands. We celebrate this year not in fireworks of make-believe, but in the death-dealing reality of tanks and planes and guns and ships. We celebrate it also by running without interruption the assembly lines, which turn out the weapons to be shipped to all the embattled points in the world. And then the Associated Press went on to say, America did not celebrate alone. The people of its allies helped. Australians pitched in with American soldiers stationed there and joined in their sporting events, dances, contests, and oratory. Latin America nations participated too. A holiday was decreed in Ecuador. Havana had a parade and the Mexican Congress held a special meeting. A London newspaper blazoned its front page with the American flag in color. The Chinese press also paid tribute, and the governments in exile of the United Nations sent their greetings. So going on in the war in Europe, um, after a siege of eight months, Hitler's army in Sevastopol um, took over the Soviet resistance, surrendered. On July 1st, the first B-17 flying fortress arrived in Britain, and on July 4th, the 15th Bombardment Squadron became the first U.S. Air Force unit to bomb occupied Europe when it joined the Royal Air Force in a raid over the Netherlands. In the Pacific, we are still finding out the damage that we inflicted to the Japanese in the Battle of Midway. We know that General Wainwright has surrendered in the Philippines, but we have no idea of the Bataan Death March and the complete savagery that Japan is inflicting on American and Filipino troops. We also know that U.S. Army bombers blasted Japanese forces in the Western Aleutians when the Japanese destroyer Ninohai, Ninohai, I know that's wrong, was sunk by the American submarine Triton. So Saturday, July 4th, was clear in Ogden with the high temperature 91 and the low expected to be around 50 the Standard Examiner reported that war production keeps tight lid on noisy fourth. Observance of Ogden and the State of Utah Independence Day 1942, 
the 1st July force since Pearl Harbor, resolved itself into the military establishment staying at work and the other citizenry marking the day with patriotic vets. Yeah, vets is a word you don't hear very much anymore. From the Ogden Air Depot, Hillfield, came the word of a War Department order for all employees to work and perform all functions except the transaction of normal business, which was interrupted by local celebrations. Hillfield went ahead with its vast construction program despite other events in the war-torn world. Utah General Depot was reported working full force. Ogden Arsenal stated that all departments were on the job, with part holiday being accorded to some of the employees. North Ogden celebrated the day with its annual Cherry Festival. Huntsville prepared an outstanding program with a children's novelty parade starting the day. Plain City plans to honor 19 residents now in the services of the armed forces, and Snow Basin will be opening for picnicking. Ogden started the day off with a flag-raising ceremony at the city-county building and Memorial Drive, which I'm not sure that what Memorial Drive is. The Ogden Recreation Department will entertain at Lauren Far Park during the day. Fireworks were frowned on. In many communities, they were definitely banned as they are in forested areas where picnickers swarmed. Another article said, War bases keep wheels running. Emergency will permit no cessation of rush activities. Because of a War Department order and a general desire to keep in step with a gigantic war effort, workers and military personnel at the local war bases observed July 4th by staying on their jobs. As we said, North Ogden combined their Cherry Days and July 4th celebration with a sunrise uh, and a flag raising, and then a speaker, Thomas E. McKay, who likened the war effort to a severe encounter on the gridiron. He said, everyone in the nation should become a ball carrier in some manner. There is no need, he declared, for Sunday quarterbacks, which I thought was, I didn't know that that was a term that we used that early, who criticize the plays of the game but do nothing constructive to help. The paper said the event was attended by over 300 persons, and after the ceremony, the names of the 38 North Ogden men in the armed services were read. So for those who had the day off and wanted to go to a movie, the Egyptian was showing 10 gentlemen from West Point, starring George Montgomery and Maureen O'Hara, with the co-feature of Blondie's Blessed Event, which I guess is where she had her baby, which they called Baby Dumpling. The Paramount had Wild Bill Hickok rides with Bruce Cabot and Constance Bennett, and it also is billed as being, quote, cool as a mountaintop, unquote, which I guess means it had air conditioning. So I'm not sure if the others had air conditioning as well, or if that was a big draw. Then there was something called the World's Largest Free Menagerie on 27th and Washington, and it featured Ripley's Animal Oddities. So I just had to Google this. Ripley had in his collection multiple examples of one-eyed animals, a one-horned goat, and even a horned man from China, although I'm not sure he was with the show in Ogden in 1942. Utah Hot Springs was open for swimming, and there was a 4th of July dance at White City with admission that included free hats and noisemakers. So I'm not sure if there was a specific time that they were making noise or if they just did it at random. 
So for a little while after Pearl Harbor, Weber County got back to a little bit of normal, but certainly with subdued celebrations. This was the fourth of four July 4th celebrations that will be held during the war. But by this time, hundreds of families have sent their sons off to war, and we have suffered 13 of the almost 200 deaths that Weber County will experience during the war. They are gearing up in the Pacific for the Battle of Guadalcanal, which will be later this year. And the American Army will not enter the war until November, when they are going to be in the invasion of North Africa. So that's just a summary of what was happening 80 years ago today. Thanks for joining. Um, Remember, the podcast is available on iTunes and also on my Facebook page, Weber County's Greatest Generation, and the website. Thanks.